Morning, everyone. Uh, <laughs> it's a little loud. Uh, my name is uh, Andrew Vanuk, um, as Eric said, um, and my wife Cassie's here with me. Our three-year-old son, Michael's hanging out in the nursery back there. I'm sure he's having a ball. <laughs> um, I'm grateful for the opportunity to be here with you guys this morning, and uh, I want to thank you for having me, truly. And uh, I hope that this message can bring joy into you guys and uh, just give you hope throughout your week. And uh, I want to talk a little bit about uh, some stuff me and Cassie are doing, um, just maybe as an encouragement to you guys, too. Uh, We are actually, as Eric said, planting a church in uh, Oak Ridge Estates. We are um, partnering with Providence. They have bought a house in a mobile home, like trailer park community. And uh, we are going to be moving in there probably around uh, November-ish. And we are going to be running a church out of our house. Uh, it's a little bit different, uh, a <laughs> little bit of a radical idea. Um, we're still not exactly sure how all of it's going to play out and work, but we you know we're just living by faith, trying to make disciples for Christ. So that is something that we've got going on. And uh, if you guys could pray for us for that, that would be amazing. That would be a huge help. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about um, something today that uh, we don't we don't talk a lot about. Um, it's it's something that we're not all proud of. Uh, I know I'm not proud of it when it happens, um, but I want to talk a little bit this morning about missed opportunities to share the gospel. And uh, I'm, I'm sure every one of us has dealt with it at some point in our lives as Christians. Uh, when we feel like um, God has been talking to us and he has told us to share the gospel with somebody around us or pray for somebody around us or encourage somebody around us in your life uh, at work or maybe one of your best friends or uh, for kids, maybe somebody in school. And, uh, you know, we had every intention of going and talking to these people and sharing the gospel like we know we're supposed to do uh, or pray for them and love on them, but we kind of chicken out. Um, I know that's happened to me a time or two. Uh, I don't know what it is. I, I guess it's nerves, it really. Uh, I'm just afraid, you know, something bad might happen or they may not receive it well, which which is totally crazy because every time I've asked somebody to pray with them or, or share the gospel with them, I, I've rarely ever had anybody turn me down. So it's kind of almost like a, an irrational fear in the back of my head that kind of pops up and uh, I'm sure I'm sure everybody's dealt with the same thing. You know, we we all kind of struggle a little bit with sharing our faith. You know, we're, we're told to do it, and uh, we're promised that we'll we'll be able to do it. Yet, for some reason, our flesh still kind of backs down, and we 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 chicken out a little bit. And uh, that's that's really what I want to get into today. As I, I was studying in the Book of Acts, that that's the thought that kind of came to the forefront of my mind. Uh, I know this this happened to me at work recently. Uh, I work over at Keurig, making a little K cups. Uh, if you guys know that place, and I'm sure you know the coffee, um, but that's what I do for my regular job. And uh, there was a buddy of mine that uh, I knew he wasn't a Christian, and I'd been meaning to share the gospel with him for a long time. And you know, God was really he was really sitting on me, man. He was really telling me that I need to go over and talk to this guy. And I, I had every opportunity that day. I'm there with him for 12 hours, you know. 
And uh, I still, I still chicken out, and I go home, and you know, I'm kicking myself later, right? And w- I'm sure you guys are doing the same thing. Everybody has that same thought, like, man, why didn't, why didn't I just share it? Like, it shouldn't be that hard. Like, I, I, I'm excited about my faith. I love God. I love Christ, and I want to share it. And yet, I still kind of back down. I still get a little bit afraid that the reaction will be negative, and then I'm more worried about my own <laughs> uh, self-image, I guess, than I am about following the command of God, which, that's not right. I mean, we should be able to, you know, follow the command of God and share the gospel and be witnesses. And um, so that that's really what I'm trying to get into today in Acts. Um, the story that we're looking at today, that that's what we're looking at, is situations of opportunities to share the gospel and how we're supposed to kind of act in those situations. Um, I'll give you a little backstory. We're going to be in Acts 4, um, 1 through 31, if you guys want to turn there in your Bibles. Um, so, um, you know, the the book of Acts is a continuation kind of of Luke's gospel. It is uh, the story of the early church, and Luke is kind of writing it to set up how it was formed and how it played out and, you know, what was going on after Jesus had ascended. Um, and in chapter Three. So, but I guess at this point, I ought to mention that. Uh, but we had already gone through Pentecost, right? You know, they've received the Holy Spirit from God. And in chapter three, Peter and John go to the temple um, to pray. And while they're in there, they see a lame man on their way in. And uh, Peter, in the name of Christ, has miraculously healed this man. And uh, everyone has seen it. It's a big deal. And Peter gives um, his second of four sermons in the book of Acts to the people in the temple. And a lot of people come to Christ and they become believers. And it's, it's huge and amazing. Um, but you're going to see in these first five verses of chapter 4 that you know, we're running back into the same Pharisees and Sadducees that Jesus dealt with. And uh, I'll start in verse 1. It says, And as they were speaking to the people, the priests and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, greatly annoyed because they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. Uh, for the Sadducees, that would be um, uh, a pretty conflicting issue for them. They didn't believe in the resurrection from the dead. So them, more than the Pharisees, the Sadducees were the ones that were really annoyed at this teaching. And uh, they had just killed Jesus, right? I mean, they had just put him on a cross and now they're saying that he's resurrected and alive, of course it's going to you know, irritate some people. So that's kind of what we got going on. So it annoyed them so much that they arrested them. And they put him in custody until the next day, for it was already evening, and the, the council doesn't operate in the evening time. Um, but many of those who had heard the word believed, and the number of men came to about 5,000. So yes, even through persecution because they were diligent in sharing their faith. God has honored that, and many people came to believe. And this 5,000 is a continuation of the 3,000 from Pentecost. So at this point in the church, there's 5,000 total people that have been saved just just since Jesus ascended into where we're at right now, four chapters in the book of Acts. So we're already seeing amazing growth that God is honoring through sharing His gospel. So... How does that kind of play into um, you know missed opportunities? Um, I'm going to show you in chapters four, five through twelve. 
It says, On the next day, the rulers and elders and scribes gathered together in Jerusalem with Annas the high priest and Cephas and John and Alexander and all who were of the priestly high family. And when they had set them in their midst, they inquired, By what power or by what name did you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders, if we are being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man, by what means this man has been healed, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing before you well. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you the builders by which has become the cornerstone. There is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Which is fantastic news. And Peter, oh man, like this guy is cutting right to the throat. This is a, this is a bold gospel message. So let me give you a little background on that. The, the high family that he's in front of, the ones that they uh, described here, that Luke describes, Annas and Cephas and John Alexander, this entire family is a family that has been running this council for a long time. And they continue to run it after this, actually, for a long time. So they've been in position of power for a long time. And, and so they were the ones that their family was over the council and the Sanhedrin when Jesus was crucified. And even now, when they're starting to see the church kind of flow out of that, and, and they're trying to shut it down this whole time. They're just trying to shut everything down. And um, Peter, on the other hand, had other ideas. You know, <laughs> and I love this because um, the, the defining factor I, I love in verse um, 8 says, Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit. So now we can see that Peter was bold not under his own power, but because he was filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives us the power we need to tell others about the kingdom of God. I don't know how many of you guys um, remember that in times of wanting to share the gospel. I know I don't always remember that. It seems like uh, I'm trying to rely on my own willpower a little too much, and I guarantee that's why I tend to chicken out. <laughs> so, if we could all remember that the Holy Spirit is where we gain our power from, I imagine we would have a much better time in sharing this gospel. We, we have immense power in this. We, we don't need to be nervous or anything about sharing this gospel. The Holy Spirit gives us amazing confidence. Um, and, it, and it should. I mean, if you're not feeling that, we should be um, relying more on the Holy Spirit when it comes in these times. Um, uh, Peter is kind of funny because he wasn't always... He wasn't always... Um, uh, he wasn't always bold... I guess is a good word for it. He wasn't always bold in the name of Christ. He was kind of a guy that uh, was known for being a little uh, crazy in his emotions. Um, he uh, he didn't have a ton of faith at first. I mean, uh, he walked on the water with Jesus and fell in, and and then later he denies Christ. Uh, he cuts off the guard's 
ear in a in an intense moment of emotion. So you're seeing a guy that has made a huge transition in his life, and um, I'll I'll show you in um, verse 13 what the difference is. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, common men, they were astonished. They recognized that they had been with Jesus. That is the defining factor of Peter and John's boldness. The Sanhedrin had understood that these were just common, uneducated fishermen. And the only thing that was different about either one of them was that they had been with Jesus. And in our lives, that ought to be our defining difference. God uses regular, common men and women to advance His kingdom. Uh, He uses each and every one of us in this room, like I said before, at home, at work, at school, wherever we are, just out in public, even just praying for a waitress at a restaurant or something. This is how God uses His disciples. There's... There's a, there's a common misconception in the church today in, in America that only professional Christians are meant to share the gospel, uh, like pastors or um, elders or, or, or deacons maybe. But uh, I, I want to encourage each and every one of you that as a disciple of Christ, you have been commanded um, through the Great Commission in Matthew to share the gospel and to make disciples of every nation. Uh, He didn't specify that it was only for his disciples to do that or for professional Christians to do that. That is for everyone. That is a commission that he has given out to every one of us. And also in Acts 1.8 where Jesus tells his disciples to be witnesses. As Christians, as disciples of Christ, we are supposed to be witnesses and we are supposed to be looking for opportunities to share his gospel and to advance his kingdom. You know, being with Jesus as you are his disciple should change you. There, there should be spiritual growth. There should be more confidence in him and in his word. And as you grow, you should see more of that confidence. And, and we are assured that confidence um, uh, by Jesus himself. Uh, if you turn to Luke chapter 12, uh, verses 11 and 12. I'll show you, it comes out of Jesus' own mouth that we should be confident in these situations. This is He is teaching His disciples of how they are supposed to respond in these opportunities. And it says, and when, they, and when they bring you before the synagogues and the rulers and the authorities, do not be anxious about how you should defend yourself or what you should say. For the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say. I mean, it sounds like Jesus knew exactly the type of situations that His disciples were going to be put in after He ascended into heaven, does it not? This verse sounds exactly like the situation that Peter is in, in front of all the rulers in Jerusalem, and he's having to give this huge gospel message and 
through the power of the Holy Spirit, exactly like it says, he spoke boldly in the name of Christ. He, and like I said, he didn't back down. I mean, that was a cutthroat gospel message right there. He was telling them, hey, you just crucified the Messiah that you've been looking for. This is the guy. Jesus is the guy. That's what he's telling them. Like, you, you just killed this guy. Now you need to repent. And you need to follow Jesus, or there is no other salvation. There's nothing. So, I mean, he went, that's boldness, if I've ever seen. That'd be like, that'd be like going up to, you know, the court in Knoxville and getting in front of the judge and jury or something and getting up there and just defending your case about Christ and to all the important people in all of Knoxville. That'd be kind of hard to do and kind of a little crazy in most people's eyes, but that's the level of boldness that you would have to have in this situation. I mean, I'm sure, or that'd be like going up to your boss at work in front of like, you know, we do a morning huddle every morning at work, and that'd be like if my supervisor had said something wrong about Jesus, and I had to get up and like preach the gospel in front of her and, you know, 30 other people that I work with. I mean, that'd be, that'd be intense. It's a big moment, and to I know for a fact I wouldn't be able to rely on my own strength for that. So that would definitely be some Holy Spirit uh, feeling that I would need right there with boldness because that would be a tough situation. So whatever situation you're in, um, I'm sure like you're going to have to rely on the Holy Spirit. I mean, the text guarantees that. It pretty much tells us that our, our problems are not going to be able to be solved under our own power. We're usually proven to be pretty weak in our flesh. So, the Holy Spirit, the name of Jesus, that's the only thing that we can rely on for strength and confidence. Um, I want to go a little bit further into um, into this text and kind of see um, kind of more of why we can have confidence in this situation as well. In 14 it says, But seeing the man who was healed standing beside them, they had nothing to say in opposition. When they had commanded them to leave the council, they conferred with one another, saying, What shall we do with these men? For the notable sign has been performed through them is evident to all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. So the Sanhedrin's a little, a little uh, in between a rock and a hard place right here, right? They don't want Peter and John and the rest of the disciples preaching in the name of Jesus, but they also just performed an undeniable miracle. Uh, so they're really confused. They don't even know what to do. And it's irrefutable, right? I mean, a man who is crippled from birth, is now walking, and uh, there's really nothing they can do about it. <laughs> and I love that because God has done something through Peter that uh, is really irrefutable. They, they have no defense here. The Sanhedrin's pretty well uh, at a loss already. Um, so, but they said, in order that it may spread no further among the people, let us warn them to speak no more to anyone in this name. So they called them in and charged them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. So their big solution is like, uh, let's just tell these guys that 
they're not going to be speaking in the name of Jesus anymore, and they'll, they'll probably quit. You know, they're thinking, hey, we're the Sanhedrin, we're the council, we're the rulers of Jerusalem. If we tell them to quit speaking in the name of Jesus, they're going to have to. You know, they're, they're relying on their own humanly power that they think they have. And uh, I love how Peter, again, being bold, uh, pretty well puts them in their place. And it says in verse 19, But Peter and John answered them, Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge. For we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. So Peter is basically saying, we have to listen to God. It is better to obey God than the rulers of Jerusalem because God is their ultimate authority. They have basically come to grips with the fact that God is always first in the chain of command and at this point, um, no matter what the Sanhedrin threatens them with, whether it be jail or you know, some kind of physical abuse or even death, Peter and John are saying that this is our mission. This is our job. We are meant to share the gospel in the name of Jesus to advance the kingdom of God. And um, that's God's commissioning for us. And He has a lot more power and authority than you do. So we are going to continue to speak in His name, no matter what you do to us, because we can only preach what we have heard and what we have seen. So they had been with Jesus, they had heard the commandments, they had heard the teachings, and they had seen what He's done, and they had seen exactly what Jesus had done through His death, and then through His ascension, and what He told them to do. And they are admitting that, this is God. This is God speaking. Again, they are saying, Jesus is God. We've spent time with Him. He's taught us. We've seen His actions. We're going to reciprocate. So they are basically being good disciples of Christ. They are being disciples of Christ who are going to continue to make disciples for Christ, which I like in your guys' um, uh, little worship bulletin there that that is y'all's purpose. And it's very similar to what we say at Providence in making, growing, and unleashing disciples for Christ. So that is basically what Peter and John are saying right here. They are saying we are disciples of Christ and we are going to continue to be disciples of Christ who make more disciples. So as Christians, that is our mission on this earth. And it gives us a pretty good sense of purpose. So if you've ever wondered as a Christian what your purpose is in this life, the one big general one is that you are a disciple of Christ who is to make more disciples of Christ. And, you know, that plays out in different situations. You know, we all have our skills and talents and, uh, you know, things we're good at that we can use to, to do that, but that is our all one general purpose as a Christian is to make disciples of Christ and to be a good disciple of Christ. So that's that's all Peter and John is saying right here. They're saying basically, and it reminds me kind of, um, I guess almost like the military, and I don't know if this is making a great connection, I'll be honest, but it's like when, a, a mili when, when someone signs up for the military, I've always heard that it's like they're signing a blank check up into their life for this country, or whatever country they, they serve. It might not be here, but... Um, that, that's kind of what I 
what I envision as being a disciple of Christ is writing a blank check and saying, hey, look, God, I'm going to surrender to you. I'm going to serve you uh, in any way that I can, even up to the point of death, because I know that this life, um, it's just a short time here. You know, we live for eternity as Christians. We have hope in the second coming and hope in in heaven afterward and through eternity with Christ. So that's kind of what I think of when I think of that is, you know, I'm writing a blank check saying, hey, whatever I got to do, I might not be great at it. (laughs) I might fail a lot, but I'm going to at least try. I'm going to surrender. And and I feel like that's what Peter and John are really doing here. Um, To continue, they say, uh, it says in when they had further threatened them, they eventually had to let them go. They found no other way to punish them because of the people, for all were praising God for what had happened. For the, for the man on whom this sign was healing was performed was more than 40 years old. Um, so, as Christians, we, we, we can't really shy away from these opportunities. We don't, um, we don't really even have the luxury. You know, Christ has has given us this mission, and as as disciples of Christ, we're supposed to follow these opportunities. So instead of um, not following them, we should be looking at, okay, you know, we want to follow them, we want to surrender to you, God, but but how? And uh, we've seen from the text so far that the Holy Spirit is where we draw our power from. And um, on a little side tangent, I don't, I don't want to, uh, I don't want you to think that, um, by obeying God above all else, that it's okay to break the law. <laughs> because that's uh, not okay either. The the New Testament, Jesus himself, and Paul especially, all the disciples really, were, were very, um, uh, very aware of the government that they were in, and they abided by all the laws. The only time it's acceptable to um, break a decree from government is if that decree is directly in opposition to the Word of God. And th- and that's exactly what Peter and John were doing. I mean, um, if they were telling them that they couldn't speak in the name of Jesus, and that's what he's saying there is, look, we have to speak in the name of Jesus. That authority is higher. <laughs> I just uh, didn't want you to think that you could go break the law in the name of God. <laughs> but um, I want you to see in, in verse 23, we're, uh, we're going to make the transition. So we've gone from, okay, I missed these opportunities. Uh, I'm not really sure how to get better at them or how to you know, grow in these, in these uh, spots. And uh, so what it is, the Holy Spirit is what's given me power. I've seen the Holy Spirit's given me power. God uses regular people, and I'm a regular guy. So God can use me. And I'm following his authority, so I have supreme authority. Well, now, how do I get it? You know, how do we, how do we get this Holy Spirit feeling that we desire now to fulfill this, this mission that we're on? And how can we obey God boldly? And the rest of this uh, section here kind of wraps that up. So, in 23, it says, When they were released, they went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. When they heard it, when they, heard it they lifted their voices together to God and said, Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them, who through the mouth of the Father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit, 
Why did the Gentiles rage and the people's plot in vain? The king of the earth set themselves, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. For truly in this city there were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness, while you stretch out your hand to heal, and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant Jesus. When they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken. They were filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. So how do we obtain the boldness we desire to fulfill the mission of being a Christian and share the gospel? Through prayer. We ask God. We go to our Heavenly Father and we ask Him for this power, for the Holy Spirit to give us boldness and for the words that we need to say in these situations to advance the gospel, advance the kingdom. We pray that our anxiety disappears and that our nervousness just goes away and that it's replaced with a filling of the Holy Spirit that helps us be bold. And that is how we fulfill our mission as Christians. We don't try to rely on our own power because we've seen the evidence of our own power and that it is weak and we need God and we need Jesus' name for power. So next time we're in the office or at work or school and I'm you know, at Keurig and I'm working on a guy with a, at the line for 12 hours and I'm feeling a little nervous, my reaction ought to be to pray for boldness. And it ought to be your reaction. It's, it's something we forget as Christians uh, that we even have the power to do. It, it seems like uh, I forget all the time about the power of prayer. Uh, I'm sure we all kind of do. It's actually most Christians' weakest point in their spiritual life is prayer. Um, so it's, it takes a lot of um, mental and heart-changing work to lean on prayer to God and um, leaning on that Holy Spirit. That is the only thing that we have that um, can give us this boldness and this power. We can't rely on ourselves, not even in the slightest. <laughs> I might get lucky maybe one time out of ten that I might you know, gain the courage to share it. And then at that point, if I haven't prayed for the right words to say, it might not even be the right words to say or efficient enough to share the gospel with somebody, right? So it's all God giving us the power to share His message. So we are relying 100% on God, and we know God is faithful. So really that should be a huge encouragement, right? I no longer have to worry about my nervousness or my anxiety or my own failings or because I know that God is the one giving me power to fulfill His mission. So it's all God doing God's work, and I'm just a vessel and a tool. And that kind of takes the burdens off of our shoulder, does it not? So that gives me huge encouragement through that. So I, I want to encourage you guys going forward that... Um, 
at work or at home, at school, you know, wherever you are, just remember that when God is calling you to share the gospel with somebody or to pray for somebody, that means something. He's put that on your heart for a reason. You might be the answer to somebody's prayers or you might be the, uh, the gospel message that somebody really needed to hear that week or that day. Um, and I know in y'all's church's situation, um, y'all will need a lot of boldness going forward and a lot of strength and confidence. And uh, I pray that you guys get that, and I pray that you remember to, to pray to God and to lean on His Holy Spirit for all that, for the boldness, for the strength, for the confidence, and that you remember that even through this transition period, that you remember to stay on mission for Christ, that you remember that you need to be sharing the gospel because that's what we've been commanded to do by God. And uh, I, I just want to um, encourage you guys. I know that's it's tough, and I know it's tough for me. So um, just practically, it, it's all going to start with prayer. Um, and it's going to take a surrenderance to our Lord and Savior. And that can be hard sometimes. Uh, and I just want to encourage you that the boldness is there, and all you have to do is ask to receive it. And you can see that even in the early church, it literally shook the ground where they stood. So, and once they received it, they continued to speak the Word of God with boldness. God honored it right away. It wasn't something that they had to sit there and wait for. I guarantee when you pray for boldness to complete the mission of God, that He is going to honor that right away. He He wants to fulfill his mission. He wants everyone to hear the gospel and he's using each and every one of us in this room to to fulfill that mission. And I, I want to encourage you and also um, kind of challenge you a little bit. If you haven't been sharing your go- the gospel with somebody or if you've been chickening out in those situations like I have a little bit, um, remember to pray and receive boldness to continue for the the words to say and um, just the confidence to go forward and to share the gospel. It's what we're here for. It's what we're supposed to be doing. I just want to pray with you guys really quick. Lord, I just uh, I pray that we all come to you for boldness, Lord. Um, we, we don't get this from anywhere else. We, you know that our flesh is weak. You know that our minds are weak. And uh, we're not great at... Having courage in those situations for some reason. Um, it's like all the worship songs said this morning, Lord, that we have power in you and we can share your gospel in that power and we should be sharing the gospel in that power. And I, I pray that we can be like Peter and John and just be bold. Go for that cutthroat gospel message because that's that's really what we need right now here in America. We don't We don't need to lessen the gospel. We don't need to soften it down. We really need people to hear the real gospel, Lord, and we need to share the real gospel, Lord, and we need to, you know, share it with lost people who need to hear it. And it could be an encouragement for anybody in our in our lives, our friends or just coworkers or people we go to school with or just friends while we're just hanging out with anybody, Lord. And it it might be something that they really needed. So I pray that instead of 
backing down in those situations or thinking we're not good enough, that instead we pray and we ask for boldness from your Holy Spirit, Lord, so that we can continue in boldness and we can share your gospel and advance the kingdom like you've told us to do in the Great Commission and be good witnesses. Most of all, be good disciples of you first, Lord, so that we can make good disciples later. And I, and I want to pray for this church, Lord. I, I know they're going through this transition period of needing to find a pastor, and it's hard, it's tough, and you know they've had a great loss. And I just pray that they continue in confidence, and uh, they they pray for boldness, Lord, and they remember to stay on mission for you, because that that's what really matters, Lord. And I'm and I'm sure that's what their late pastor would have wanted them to do, and continue to do is make disciples like their purpose and mission statement says, Lord, and. And I pray that, you know, we'll be able to partner with this church going forward as well, too, and just, you know, love on them and continue to help them out. So we're all on the same mission of making disciples, Lord, and I, I just pray that we continue in that boldness. In your holy and precious name, Jesus, amen.